Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to episode 40 of the Social for Brokers podcast. This week, I'm excited to have the newest member of the team, the Social for Brokers team on the podcast, Sophie Johnson. Sophie lives with her partner, Helen, and her one cat, but actually has a little puppy joining them on the 5th of November. And I've made the company decision to call this new dog Guy Fawkes. So we'll be able to get into Sophie's personal life and what she does for Social for Brokers, how she joined the team, which I'm really, uh, really looking forward to getting into. Now, if you've been following our social media channels, you'll have seen that Sophie joined us at the beginning of September. So before getting on the podcast, I thought I'd give her a month to settle in, make a few brews, and now I'm on the podcast. So Sophie's got over seven years property experience, and we work together at an estate agency in South Birmingham, um, Dixon Selly Oak it was. So we'll give a shout out to the Dixon Selly Oak crew. Um, now, Sophie helped me with some of the content writing while she was working in property management management earlier this year. Um, if anyone knows me, they'll know how important it was if I was going to have anybody to join the social for brokers team, that they had to know property and the property world when it came to writing content for the social media uh, channels, which is exactly what Sophie offers. Now, Sophie's meticulous approach to her work and nothing is too much trouble attitude are just a couple of reasons why I wanted Sophie to join me on the Social for Brokers team. And I'm so, so pleased that she did. So I'm really excited to introduce her to to the podcast. This episode is going to be about getting to know her, um, knowing her past, her present and future Social for Brokers. And we're going to be talking about some exciting new ventures we are exploring at the minute at Social for Brokers. So, Sophie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, nice little air. Now, the funny thing is, guys, we we obviously work in the same office. If you've been watching the Instagram stories, you'd have seen my little video. Um, but today, what we're having to do is Sophie's in a spare office that we've got. I'm in the main office because otherwise you'll just get a repeating of the mic over and over again. So we thought this was the best way to do it. We've both got our brews and we're just going to have a bit of a chat because I think it's safe to say if anyone's been on a podcast before, it can be a nerve wracking experience. And this is Sophie's first ever appearance on one. So I won't be firing a million and one questions at you, Sophie. Don't worry. It's more of a just a conversation between us two that people will be listening to. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> right. So as we said at the beginning, it's going to be an episode to welcome Sophie to the team, welcome her to the listeners, which we've got some great listeners out there. Always get shouts out on LinkedIn. So thank you to everybody that supports the podcast. I want everyone to get used to her voice as she'll be doing a lot of social media content over the coming months. Um, and everyone can know who's behind the screen or in this case, behind the phone doing Instagram, Instagram videos. So Wanted to start with you, Sophie. Tell us a bit about your background. We won't go since you were born, um, well, <laughs> just from school. So what have you done since you left school? Uh, so I did school, went to sixth form, did some A-levels. Yeah. Uh, went to uni, went to Nottingham Uni. I did business management because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And that seemed like a fail-safe kind of thing to do. So Is that why you did it? Because you weren't quite sure where you wanted to go into yeah, like ask 14-year-old me what I wanted to do and I wanted to be an estate agent. 
Did you? Probably for like that is literally what I wanted to do. Either that or a history teacher, and I wasn't very good at history A level, so you know that got scrapped off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to be an estate agent. But I thought, oh, my mum really wanted me to go to uni as well. So I thought, well, I'll go to uni. I'll do business that will cover many bases. I think of that learning different things. So I did that, um, and then when I finished uni, I wasn't to first like whereabouts I lived like I had connections in Birmingham and where I'm from in Milton Keynes so ended up at uh, Dixon Sally Oak whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um yes I started in Lettings not estate agency because I did have an interview for an estate agency best of ease in Acock Green oh. but I couldn't get past the interview I was awful honestly a 20 year old me wasn't very good at uh, interviews <laughs> this interview is awful but luckily I'd improved my skills ready for my interview with Tim uh, in Selly Oak so got a job as a lessons coordinator which I loved I loved doing that and that was my first taste of really getting to grips with property and what it actually means because before that I myself didn't really have any idea like what tenancy agreements meant what it meant to buy a house what was included like I'd gone from living with my mum to living in uni halls that you just pay money to and they sort everything out for you. So it was my first taste of what all of it meant. And I did that for I think about three, two, three years I was there. And then I moved to property management um, shortly after, uh, which was also still within the same company and um, just covering more branches. So we covered about 4,000 properties across the West Midlands and we also covered um, like down to Milton Keynes and Luton and Watford area as well um, within that property management centre um, and did that for another two years and then uh, recently uh, last year moved to the council, Redditch, uh, the local council uh, doing their property management basically, their repairs side as well uh, which was completely different to working for a corporate company and um, working for a for a council was so different a lot harder and um, really hard a lot of different more complex situations totally different ball game in terms of the properties and also what it's like what service you need to give as well um so yeah yeah that's a, a brief history of me I love, I love that you say, I didn't realise you wanted to be an estate agent. Before we get into where that love from estate agents came from, one thing I want to say is the podcast has been going about five minutes. One thing you may have noticed is that Sophie has a much better accent than me. <laughs> um, if anybody's going to be doing any telephone calls in the future, it will definitely be Sophie. If you want a Brummie, unfortunately, you're going to have to have me. <laughs> but... Um, in terms of estate agents then, what, where did this love come from in terms of, of property? I just loved houses. Like, I just loved like, any property TV show, I'd watch it. Like Kirsty and Phil were my babies, I loved them. I loved location, location, location. And that's what I thought it was like, to be fair. Um, and I just love properties. I love being nosy at people's houses. Like I loved it when people like, would sell their house in our village. First, got great on get on to her online, see what it was like. Look at the paper, because back in the paper, then it was like that was a big thing. Like our local newspaper had like a six-page spread of all the houses that were for sale, and I just loved looking at them. And that's so fourteen-year-old me was like, I say, it's life for me. That is what I wanted to do. I had my heart set on it for ages. Um, so yeah, that's that's. that's you got into. I didn't fall into it. I wanted it. <laughs> And then obviously we worked together at, at Dixon Sally Oak. So I was in the sales department. Um, Sophie was in was in the lettings department. And 
one of the reasons we always stayed in touch is Sophie, I knew you when you were what, 21, 22, and one of the most mature 21, 22 year olds I've ever known. And when I was looking for new staff um, for social brokers and wanting to grow the team, there's only a handful of people that I I can count on one hand that I would want to deal with my clients if I was unable to. And Sophie was always the top of that list. Even when we stopped working together at Dixon's, we'd meet up for coffees every few months just to catch up, didn't we? And I always said to you, I always thought you'd go very far because you've got this maturity about you, but then you've also got, we've got very similar sense of humour in the office, a very dry sense of humour. And that really helps with the content writing. And we'll get into kind of the, the stuff that we're doing at the moment and talking about content marketing. But it's the way that you almost, I like the way that you soften the quite the serious subjects in life. So I became very aware of it when you wrote case studies for a company that you were setting up, weren't you? Um, and you did some case studies about people, commercial properties and how you help them find commercial properties. Do you enjoy that writing side of it? Do you enjoy writing and coming up with the content? Yeah, I'd say it's probably my favourite part um, because you can have one idea and by the time you've finished a paragraph or a sentence, it's turned into something else. Um, and with it as well, you can make it, it so personable and you can really change the way people feel about things just by writing something a different way. Um, like we know when we've written something ourselves, like you know, if I compared it to what you would write, it's so different. And it, I love that it can make people think a different way because... I know myself, I love when I read like an article or a book and you think, wow, I've never thought of it that way. And I, I would love to think that I can do that for people as well. Um, you're a big reader, aren't you? So I suppose you're consuming loads of different type of content. What's your favourite kind of books? Is it novels? Is it autobiographies? What is it? It's a, it's a tough one between autobiographies and just general fiction. Um, I don't mind things like that like sci-fi either. Um, I'm pretty easy. That like, we're having this conversation if they weren't me about how when I read something, I can really vividly imagine it in my head. Yeah. So sometimes when I watch the film or something, I'm like, well, that is not how it was meant to go. Like that is not what you're supposed to look like in my head. Um, so I I can read anything and pretty much imagine it happening in front of me. So I will read anything, to be honest. And that's what I love about writing it as well. I can imagine the picture as well, the image that will go with it. And I can imagine, like if it's for a specific client, I can imagine how it would go with them. And that's what I love about it. So yeah, I'd say that the writing is probably my favourite part. And what I would love to, I write too much sometimes. Or I'm like I could go on for hours just writing about the same thing. Um, so yeah. And... I wonder how how did that with your you like expressive you like very um, bright and colourful language. How did you did you have to tone that back with your degree when you did your your case studies and things for your degree? I probably had to. I've, yeah, I got told I waffle a lot, which is fine. <laughs> I can I can deal with that. Um, and it probably wasn't, but it probably wasn't until I started it. Dixon's that believe it or not that the manager at the time he really helped me I didn't know how to write an email I couldn't even put a line together he didn't like he had to show me how to do that part of it and it wasn't from then on I was like oh 
this is what it means to really write to mean something like you can, I can write an essay easy but you can see how much I can write <laughs> you give me a 15,000 word essay that's fine consider it done but really writing for a meaning and trying to get a point across at the same time Mm-hmm. And that's what you've developed, haven't you? Enabled how how you can fit an emotion and a call to action in one line, and that's that's very skilled compared to because anybody can write fifteen hundred words, but to put that in one line that evokes emotion and evokes a call to action, it's very skillful, and and that's what you've learned, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Before I probably would have gone around the houses first. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one question that's going to be a bit a bit um, what's the word, Mike? raise a few eyebrows but do you still think degrees are needed i don't think they're needed per se i think that um obviously for certain industries they'd be needed um however i would love to see that we don't we don't expect people to go to uni 18 i like if i think about it now like i think about my mum for instance she would happily go back to uni now and she's in her 40s like and she that was she didn't know then and I probably would say that 50% if not more of my friends would say they didn't know what they wanted to do at 18 like did you know for sure that what you want like we can't expect someone to want to go to uni and do something that's going to shape the rest of their future so I would love to see it change that maybe we don't expect people to go until they're 25 maybe older or we make it easier to go when you're older and maybe more affordable Um, because I think that they are still needed to an extent um, I don't think that you necessarily would need one for some of the things they do degrees in. Uh, there's some crazy like fishing degrees. I don't think maybe it would be needed and maybe they're just trying to uh, just pick some out. But um, yeah, I do. I completely appreciate people that do go, but also can see why some people don't go. I like the point that you say, maybe make it more accessible to people going when they're older, because there is this stigma attached, isn't there, to going to university as... I don't like it. I don't like the term of mature student. You don't say you don't say somebody's going to uni as an immature student. <laughs> no, how, how offensive would that be? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, I'm sure we could. Sophie and I have discussed <laughs> some we agree on, some we don't, and it's it's um, it's nice to have those differences in opinions. So, right, we've done your background. We've got to know who you are, what you did, how we met, how we worked together. Let's talk social for brokers now. So. You've been at us for over a month, and this could backfire on me horribly here. But are you enjoying it? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm loving it. Like I, I was saying the other day to Helen, I was like, it just doesn't feel like I'm going to work. Like I don't get that. Oh, it's Monday tomorrow. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, it's Friday. That like the Friday feeling has become lost on me because yeah, I'm excited to be at home, but I'm also like, I'm not. Thank God it's done. About work, like it doesn't feel like I'm coming to somewhere that is like a traditional like what people think of as work like I love what we do I love working with you and the potential of things that we can do and like the ideas that we have like it doesn't feel like work so yes thoroughly enjoying it and one of the one I think one of Sophie's favorite um lines just after she read an email or come off the phone to somebody she's like oh they're lovely and I, I said to Sophie <laughs> when when you joined I said the clients that I work with, every single one of them, they're lovely. They're such nice people. And, and that, that is the mortgage broker community. 
and it's nice to work with nice people. So just before this, Sophie was working for the council and, and dealing with complaints. So you were taking maybe 20, 30 phone calls a day with people that maybe had leaks or boilers gone. And it wasn't necessarily your fault, but you did get the brunt of it, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Like it's so nice to speak to people on the phone and no one shouting at you. <laughs> well, so yeah, you can actually, these are like things that we can sort. It's like if someone had a problem or an issue or if they want to change something, I can easily like sort that as well. It's so nice to be able to resolve problems as well as just like take it on the chin that there's a problem. And it's lovely to see, and we spoke about this, that it's seen people's businesses grow and even though you've only looked after some people for a month, you've built relationships with them and you can see their businesses growing off, off a direct impact of exactly what we're doing, aren't you? Yeah, I love to see like when I go on to like, into, like the Google My Business stuff or just when I schedule their next lot of posts, I love seeing the insights of like, oh, that one's got loads of views or that one got like this amount of people, oh, that one's got loads of shares. Like I feel really proud for them as well as like for what we do but I'm also like oh that's really good because that means such and such is going to get that from that and like I'm really happy for them as well and that's that was one of the that's one of the values of of social for brokers is I wanted to always be a part of their journey although we schedule everything for people and write the content and upload it for people I still wanted to be part of their business growth journey we've had we've had examples of clients email us and say like linkedin for example i didn't speak to you about this this morning but a, com- a customer who we don't actually do their socials for said i've got i've got 60 google reviews now and i've made five grand's worth of new business off it and it's all down to chris target telling me to get google reviews because it was like on a call that we had and that's amazing i think just from one conversation i've had with somebody they've generated an extra five grand's worth of business i just love that and and you will you're getting that already aren't you yeah definitely a sense of pride i'm so happy for you and i'm proud of you <laughs> for it as well you've been condescending because i don't want that yeah. condescending, but we are proud of people when we tell them to do something with their socials they do it and they see the direct results yeah definitely so, talk to us what does a normal day look like at social for brokers so people can get an insight so it always starts with a cup of tea of course Obviously. Um, so yes, yeah, so we have a cup of tea. We'll have a we say morning meeting, but in the least traditional sense of the word of it being a corporate feel of a morning meeting. Um, we'll update our Trello board, which we've just started, um, and we'll go through like what we're going to do for that day, um, and we'll review also what happened yesterday. Uh, so if like we had any calls that went on, or if we had anything that we needed to do urgently um, for someone, and then. Early on in the week, it's definitely a lot of coming up with the ideas. So doing a lot of reading, research, looking at different news articles, different websites, different getting ideas for what's going on um, in the mortgage world, as well as what could be a positive content for our clients. So even if you read like five articles, you won't necessarily get five ideas from those articles. It can sometimes take a few more to get a decent content from those. Um, so a lot of the time we spent researching those creating the content and then once we've got some solid ideas then writing them and then from there we'll work together on creating the imagery as well to go with it and we'll also spend a lot of time talking to our clients as well messaging them calling them what's happening then checking they're okay checking what's going on and with them as well see if we can make any more personalized um posts for them as well and 
getting to know them more so that we can continue that relationship especially for me at the minute is getting to know people I'm like well that person likes that so I'll remember that for next time um so yeah so at the moment it's, it's it's a lot of those going on and obviously we've just started going through some website stuff um I'm learning that um with you at the moment which I'm not doing so hopefully it's something else that we can keep doing as well so yeah that's a normal day it's it's just, busier than it is. <laughs> we get to three o'clock normally. And we're like, oh my God, it's three o'clock. It's, it's not like a three o'clock, oh my God. It's, it has been manic, but it's kind of just got our heads down. And it's funny, and I'd like to hear people's feedback on this. I'll probably run an Instagram poll on it. Sophie has to have music on in the background when she's writing. Mm -hmm. I can't have music on in the background because it distracts me. What helps Sophie doesn't help me, so therefore we have headphones. Um, but it, it's funny. If anybody's listening to this, message me. Are you a person? Can you write when there's music on in the background? Because I, my mind gets distracted. But you said, Sophie, actually helps you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, for instance, when we um, had to work from home uh, during yeah. one of the lockdowns, uh, Helen is the same as you. Like, she can't have anything on really in the background, especially if she has to write something important. Whereas if there's nothing on, or if there's nothing going on in the background, I get really lost in my head and like I'll just distract myself and that's where I start butterflying between different tasks or it won't be as good as if, if I had something on in the background. So yeah, I find it mad that people can work in silence. Funny is that we've started putting TED Talks on in the background yesterday, which was quite cool. So if you've never checked out TED Talks, definitely take a look. There's so many different, um, different kind of topics that people talk about. I'm glad you mentioned Trello because this was one big thing. Now, I'll be honest, I thought I was an organised person. But when I say Sophie takes it to the next level, I'm not exaggerating. And it's an amazing thing. And I, I don't know if I've said thank you to you personally, but thank you for all the stuff you've put in place because it's it's been a huge help. One example, I was on a training call and I was doing some training for some mortgage brokers talking about how to come up with ideas, where to look for awareness days, um, how to come up with posts and I came off the call I was on the call for half an hour I came off and Sophie was like um whilst I was whilst she was on that call I was listening to say that you're looking for awareness day so I found a website that lists all the awareness days out there I've signed you up to the monthly newsletter and every month you'll have them delivered to your inbox Sophie had been with me for six hours that's it it was her first day and I'm thinking why why has Sophie not been in, the, in this office before so Sophie's incredible organization and as, as you speak to Sophie over the phone some of the clients that we have at the moment or clients in the future you will realize that Sophie's meticulous approach to everything is incredible so so thank you Sophie what would you say then is the apart from organization what's your favorite part of the job so far um, I think it's seeing how the post comes together like Absolutely. I think I take it for granted like for myself as well like I'll scroll through Instagram for instance and just see everyone's pretty adverts or pretty like posts they put out in the writing and you don't appreciate how much goes into creating that to make it look so aesthetically pleasing or so good to like catch your eye and stop you from scrolling mm -hmm. you don't I don't before here like I didn't really appreciate what went into that and now I love watching the stages of it like I could watch you all day create some of them because you're so good at what you could like and what you do with it um so yeah I love I love that part of it and 
also learning the websites because I didn't realize how much goes into it. And again, I love seeing it all come together um, as well. So yeah, those two pieces. I think with this, you were surprised how much compliance needs to be done with mortgage brokers and how each different network needs different compliance, don't they? Yeah, that is, is like crazy as well. Like even their websites as well, that have to go through it as well, not just even what they put out there and um, what has to go into each one, how much you have to consider with all different ones as well. So like depending on who you are and which network it is, you have to consider different things. Um, so that's crazy. So I didn't even know that they had networks before here. <laughs> right, so that's interesting. So when we're dealing with clients, anybody that hasn't dealt with us before, we deal with loads of different networks. So you've got kind of Primus, Stonebridge, Mortgage Advice Bureau, Quilter, and every different network has a different compliance process. I would say that we're pretty clued up on them all. Um, and although we don't take the compliance on board, it's something it is down to the mortgage broker, but we'll do everything we can to make that process as stress-free as possible, because that is a big thing. I think us knowing property allows us, we were a bit more clued up on it than if it was just a, maybe a generic marketing post-generation tool. So what would you say, obviously you've learned a bit of the websites, what would you say you're most looking forward to getting stuck into now? I would say continuing those also uh, for what, like writing more content. So maybe like writing more content for websites, uh, writing blog posts or email marketing and that side of it as well to really extend what we, I write weekly for that, the posts and stuff like that to take that to the next level of writing the bigger content for them as well. Like the blog post and the website. And that's yeah. interesting because it's a great mix of us two because I'm very visual and very graphic design, whereas you can portray that graphic with the with the content. So it's great. So what happens on a Wednesday is we will create a social media post for some clients. I'll create the images, send them to Sophie, and then Sophie will then take the wording and upload them. And it's great because we have that mix of both of them, don't we? That you can create an emotion with the text and I can create the visual that people see. It's, it's a great partnership um, to upload to social media. And that leads me perfectly onto the social media section. So what would you say is your favourite platform at the minute? <laughs> well, my uh, screen time uh, that comes to on a Monday will tell you that it is TikTok uh, with about three hours a day shamefully uh, <laughs> most of this occurs when you go to bed between 11 and 12 o'clock isn't it yeah so basically about, about half nine to about half 11 i am tiktok and yeah i just get lost i'm such a, a visual absorber as well i can't even register what time it is so i will i'm an, a poster girl for a social media absorption of just like constant but I would say that also Instagram, if I want to find something out, like if I want an idea on something or if I want to see what's going on, not an American TikTok, then I will go to Instagram um, and like I'll search hashtag something like or like something to do locally or see what's going on. So yeah, either of those two, but yeah, TikTok. Do you do much, um, never asked you this, do you ever look go on Pinterest or anything like that? I, I do sometimes. Um, I use it 
more <laughs> for my games than anything else. Okay, because you're a gamer, <laughs> you play. Yeah. Right. You're big on The Sims, aren't you? Yeah, so I find a lot of my stuff on there for on Pinterest. Uh, but I won't use it in the same way that other people use it in terms of like coming up with like wedding ideas or new home ideas or anything like that. I, I don't use it in that sense. I'd probably use Instagram for that. Mm-hmm. That's it's quickly becoming it, isn't it? So why would you say, what's the massive appeal for TikTok for you personally? Is it that you can just escape or is it that, do you know what I mean? What What is it? I'm a visual person. I just love watching things. Like I will sit and watch anything, to be honest. Um, but a visual person, like I prefer the visual side of it um, to anything. Like I, I will learn from it as well. Like I'll take on what I've watched. I find it easier to, like if I, I'd much rather watch the news than read it. Um, okay. But then again, I love reading books. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I'm watching films, but I just love yeah. watching short videos and stuff like that. So I just wanted to get background to your kind of personal social media, what you consume. So when you're writing social media content, so we're talking about the the text in the posts for people listening. What are the top tips for people to write, engage in social media content? Keep it short. Mm -hmm. So I start with bullet points of what's the point I'm trying to get across. And then I try and make it a little bit more fluffy around that and like I have an idea of how many lines I'll pop that particular subject because if it's something that you could write quite a few lines on you know you probably people aren't going to read that many lines on it so you want to keep it shorter so I'd start with a bullet point and then allow yourself a certain amount of line either side um I'd also think about how I want it to be said to me like what would I want to read like what gets my attention um like what makes me stop scrolling and go, oh yeah, that's very thought-provoking for me, is how I try and word it. Um, I'm quite an emotive writer, like I'm quite an empathetic and emotional person. And that probably comes across of how I write things and compared to other people. Um, so sometimes I try and scale that down if I'm trying to do something funny, or, um, but it comes in handy if I'm writing something quite serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have that in mind of like what is the point like what is going to be the connotations of this writing that I'm doing so yeah I'd start off with the bullet points have an idea of what you want to say but definitely have a cap on how much you're going to say as well because you want people to then ask you what what did you mean by that or what could I ask could I get from that yeah, they, want, they, want, need, they don't need to read it all in one don't massive paragraph yeah don't give them don't give them enough but give them don't give them too much that they don't yeah. want you after that and i like the way that this is this is why i wanted to team up with you in terms of the content because mortgages people can see them as very cutthroat it's a very big decision in somebody's life so for you to nonchalantly create content that's very family orientated or funny or evokes an emotion it's a skill. It's definitely a skill. And, and I'll put my hands up and say, you are a much better writer than me. And that's what you specialise in. And I love the way you take such a serious topic, such as, say, income protection, which a lot of mortgage brokers do want to talk about, but not making it this very serious thing. You want to sell the emotion of the parents, making sure that they're maybe the, the roof's kept over their head. But you say it in such a way that people can relate to, I think, 
Yeah, so I think that um, listen to like some of the brokers we speak to them and say, oh, you say you say how it is, you just say it like to the point. Whereas I'll be able to say like take that point and let's make it like accessible for everyone to not get upset by that point because sometimes people don't want to be reminded of what the point of that is. Yeah. They don't want to be like they don't want to think about it, and that's probably the reason why they haven't got income protection or life insurance yet or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I try and put it in a way that would make me want to do it and wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be like upset by the point of it so I try and put it in that way awesome so then when it comes to social media post studies so Tuesday morning so we're recording this on Tuesday Sophie will sit there for probably three hours isn't it you'll look through loads of different articles you'll look through what's going on in the world what awareness days are coming up Without the awareness days and the topical content, where does your inspiration come from for other social media post ideas? I'd say looking at different pictures of different things. Like sometimes I'll just scroll through um, like some of the sites where I get pictures from and just be like, oh, I like the look of that. That makes me think of this. And it's just a, a domino effect in my head of what's going on. <laughs> it would probably look a bit crazy. Uh, so yeah, probably looking at different pictures of what's going on and how I interpret that and how I could turn that into. Because we've got to, we've got to, don't forget, if you're a mortgage broker listening to this and thinking about, oh, how do I create content? What, where do my ideas come from? If you're looking at a photo and you think certain things, it's more than likely that a load of other people will think exactly the same as you. So you've got to think that that thought that you have, there's probably a lot of people that will think the same. So go out and put that post um, based on that social media. So I thought that might be useful for people on how to remote, how to write a good post, but also how to come up, come up with ideas. So now we are proud to announce, and this is a big project that we're going to be working on. We're at Social for Brokers. We're now going to be offering email marketing as a service. So you can hear that um, Sophie has talked about how she loves writing, how she can make writing accessible to people and evoke that emotion to enable people to contact you for business. This is why we're going to be going down um, and offering email marketing as a service. The great way that you can keep up, keep you up to date with your clients every month, like a monthly newsletter, a bit of a personal in there, and we can help help write the content. So Sophie will be writing the copy for the emails. What kind of topics are we going to be talking about in these emails, Soph? I would love to see some good news stories. Or if you have more than one broker, definitely get like they have their own one. Maybe they write that this one was written by this person or this one was written by this person. Um, just to get different expressions and different points of views to hit different um, markets for the customers, for the clients as well. But um, definitely some good news stories. Um, so this is like... It maybe get some inserts from customers that you've really helped like in real life helped and awesome. um, as well maybe some of those great well there's going to be plenty more in there we're going to be talking kind of like um up-to-date news what's been happening in the mortgage world we're going to be doing like um a product of the month so it might be that you want to talk about remortgages or income protection or life insurance so that is going to be something you can keep your eyes peeled for sophie and i will be contacting some people to um have a chat with them about that but keep your eyes peeled. Until then, I just want to say, Sophie, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And even though you're in the next room, um, you'll probably come around and make a brew shortly, to be fair. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I am 
insanely proud of the work that you're doing at Social Brokers and can't wait for it to uh, to for more people to meet you and chat away to you. So, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Go on, sorry. I'm excited to be able to speak to everyone and hopefully everyone knows what I sound like now when I yeah, call them. I know your voice. <laughs> this is the, the one with the nice accent. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I've said. Whoever we're talking to in the business will be determined if I pick up the phone or if you <laughs> like it will probably be you. <laughs> yeah, the, the not, you won't have the Brummy accent then. Uh, as a little thank you, I'll donate £10 to a charity. Um, which charity did you want to make the donation to, Soph? Donate it to mind, and um, that's okay. Yeah, great. That was the um, the last one as well for Matt McCullough. So I'll make that donation again. Sophie, thank you very much for coming on. You can reach Sophie through the Social for Brokers Instagram page. She's got her own personal LinkedIn. So please, guys, go and go and hit her up on there. She'll be putting some content out on those channels. Thank you again, Soph. No, thank you. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.